and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig, and man, man, am I excited about this episode. We have social media influencer, comedian extraordinaire, author, and all-around funny and incredibly deep and wonderful spiritual human being, Man and Matthews, on today's episode of Not Too Deep. We talk about getting started on Vine, uh, keeping up with TikTok, writing a book that's about a heartbreak and a uh, loss and gain and comedy and all of these things. And we also talk a lot about spiritual and mental health. Uh, and I could talk to her for another few hours about all of it. But Manon's got such beautiful insight that um, you don't often find mixed with comedy. And it's just so delightful. So uh, please enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Man and Matthews. <laughs> Manon, uh, I'm so excited to talk to you about so many things. Uh, comedian, author, actress. Uh, when people are like multi-hyphenated like that, I love to ask how you describe what you do to other people. <laughs> what I do to other people. I hope to tickle their soul. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just kind of get them to heal from the heaviness of the world by making light of it, pointing out kind of the odd thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, you are so saturated in comedy. Obviously, let's go back to how you got started there. How? Where, I mean, you're from Los Angeles, right? Born and raised? Yeah. Born and raised in LA. Um, grew up in the Valley as an child. I don't know. If, I think only children are just weird, you know, like I had a lot of time alone. Like I didn't have, like, I didn't do the regular thing that like kids did growing up. It was just very, well, one, it was way too much attention on me. And so I felt a lot of pressure in the world, but also I have very goofy, goofy parents. Like my dad's very outwardly goofy and does, you know, impressions kind of thing. And, and then my mom is really like stoner humor where it's like, okay, I, I, I can't explain. So they're like a blend of like all the types of humor, physical comedy, like, all the weird, I don't know. So you had a little bit of everything in the household. (laughs) Totally. And they would wake me up like singing to me until I was like 18 and telling me (laughs) stories at night. Like we just had a really goofy, playful childhood. And I had a lot of time in the mirror alone watching Mm. funny videos and so, or funny movies, I should say. And so I just had that time to be nurtured and to kind of have, um, (laughs) I like, I like that you're like growing up as an only child was really difficult. I was just nurtured constantly (laughs) and it really, it was a struggle, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really difficult. They just loved me so much. And you know what that feels like? It's just hard on me. Please tell me every single moment of what it felt like. It was funny because I was going to say, I was going to say, I was going and going to go down a tangent of like, I was an only child. And so that was like a lot of pressure. And then I was going to go down a dark path and then I I was like, no, you asked why I was funny and why comedy is important. So I let me go this way. So I can see why I was like, wait, what? Um, Yeah, this will become a bit of a therapy session. No, same. Like I, my family was very funny growing up. So I was just like, oh, this is how we communicate with each other. And this is such a valuable feeling. And so I'm always interested if there was like an inciting incident or something that all of a sudden you were like, laughter is it. Yeah. I mean, there was, I mean, there's always so much heaviness or or there could be like, we also had a Mm. lot of feelings. And so, Mm. you know, my mother was very sensitive and her and I would like cry at movies, but then 
my dad would make a joke out of everything and he never really wanted to go very deep. And I'm all about going deep. And then when I went, I switched middle schools when I was 11. And so I went from having all these friends to literally knowing no one. And then I got made fun of it. And I feel like that's when my the defense mm. mechanism of humor, which is what my dad used when he was a kid. And he always likes to talk about how he got made fun of and how I got made fun of and how I felt like we used our wit to overcome. Gotcha. People. Yeah. It's the superpower that got passed down. And then now I've been trying to unlearn it because I don't want to be a bully. <laughs> well, that's it's the fine line of wanting to find humor in everything and then realizing that some people don't want that for themselves. No, or they get, or it's like, I'm like, te- like, I love being poked fun at. I love when I'm being teased. It yeah. makes me giggle, giggy, giggy. I'm so excited <laughs> right now. It makes me giddy and excited when I get teased and people do impressions of me. But if I do it to the wrong person, they'll get offended. Like, I remember I had a boyfriend at 23 where I was like, he said, I used to talk a lot, you know, when I was a kid and I was like, well, not much has changed. And he's like, what do you mean by that? And I was like, oh shit. I mean, oh God. And then I was like, oh, like I see teasing as love. So yeah, he, yeah, yeah. everybody does, you know? Yeah. The, okay. So I fully resonate with this completely. The, you kind of like, I mean, the internet says that, you know, all of the things kind of started happening uh, through Vine for you. And Vine is such a, a Wild West scenario. I, I I appreciated Vine and everyone on there so much I, because I couldn't do it. My brain didn't work in those types of ways to create content. I'm curious how you got started there, how you started making stuff and then how you like you know, saw it as an opportunity and like doubled down. I wish my brain worked in the way that yours did because YouTube, you can make money. (laughs) Time was just (laughs) nonsense. It was just like, here, six seconds. Like, don't try any harder than that. So (laughs) you're killing it. Um, I still need to learn how to like make long form content, how to make money, but thank God for brand deals. But yeah, I was doing... Um, Second City, I think, and Groundlings at the time, mm-hmm. and then doing stand up. And then I got on the Vine app as, like, you know, at, the, at that time, I think it was 2013, getting a following was not in the realm of possibility for me. Like, I don't even think I had Facebook. And especially if you're coming from like the traditional comedy theaters, like, there's a bit of judgment that comes, I think, when you start doing stuff on like new media. Yeah. And at the time, just not a lot of people were doing it. I think like Chris D'Elia was on Vine or something. And it was like, he was really the only one that was like, a, or, and then Will Sasso. And it was like, I didn't know that like you could get a following. So I was just on it watching and laughing. And then I started making them for fun. Thank God. And then yeah. someone commented, uh, Hey, I saw you do your Kristen Stewart impression at the comedy store. Will you do a Vine of it? And I was like, sure. And at this point I had like 200 followers again, not thinking Mm-hmm. this is gonna make me viral like that's not, <laughs> like no I'm supposed to I'm supposed to do the trajectory of you know a traditional actor and comedian totally. and then I'll be in that I'll be in the circuit it's like no so I just put it up and then yeah and then it did go viral and like that night it was at like 10,000 followers and then a week it was 100,000 I was just watching this thing grow and I was like this is crazy it was like the best week of my life I mean, it, it's got to be, yeah, wild to do this thing, do impressions, characters at these theaters where you're like hoping people show up and see you and then to do it on the Internet where it's like people over in Thailand are suddenly watching you and it's like mind blowing. It's mind blowing, but it's so it's like it's it's incredible because it just shows 
from a spiritual aspect, it shows that like, we don't know how it's going to happen. We just have to say yes to life and mm-hmm. keep showing up and, and being of service in that way and, and following our gut. But it just proved like in that moment that like, I couldn't have created a better outcome of a place where I can create daily and people can see it. Like I totally. still can't believe that anyone watches the stuff I put out. So strange. You've done something so cool, which is like transition out of Vine because Vine had such a strange, abrupt-ish end to it. Uh, what was that like for you? So sad. I, I think I processed it about a year later when I realized, yeah. oh, those 3 million followers are just gone. And they're it's not crazy. on Instagram. If you go Instagram, it's a lot harder to grow on Instagram than any other platform, at least for me, that's been my the case. Like I got on TikTok last year and I'm, I'm double the following there than on freaking Instagram. And I've put my heart, I've been on Instagram for like eight years at this point. <laughs> like, let's see the, you know, so it, it was, it, I felt it like a year later. Like I felt like it happened. And I was like, you know, I had such a positive attitude. I was like, you know, I'm just so grateful for the time that I had and the friends that I made and the money that I made. And then I was like, where are they though? Like I made them back. Like yeah. they forgot about me. And you know, like so it was, it was sad. It was, it's, it sucked because I didn't realize it sucked that yeah, the three million followers are gone and all, and we're all, where are all the videos? But what yeah. I didn't anticipate was, Oh my God, I'm not going to be creating with the people that I was creating with in the same way ever again. Oh, shoot. Like yeah. The people I created vines with the only people that I kept creating with was Vincent Marcus and Matt Cutshaw because mm-hmm. Matt and I made a lot of vines together. And then we started making Instagram videos, but I didn't anticipate all the other creators that like, okay, now we're going to just not make videos anymore because you guys have moved on to YouTube and I'm not really doing YouTube. Okay. So yeah. I'll keep creating with these two people and then people grow and get lives. And then it just, that's the part that made me sad because I love the collaboration part of it so much. Yeah. You forget that like the byproduct of this platform is that it creates a community for you. And especially like a community of collaborators, like you're saying that you have such a resonance with or such like a inherent, like, you know, camaraderie with. And then if the platform that you all like work quote for goes away, what happens then? All the employees have to like scramble, but it's interesting for me to hear that you only started TikTok last year. Yeah, I resisted it for a really long time. I was, I judged it. I was like, I'm not going to just lip sync to music. That's not comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I'm literally like chaotically looking through your TikTok this morning, just being like, she's got this fucking figured out. Oh my God, what is this formula? And I still do not fully get it. But yeah, it was... Uh, incredibly intimidating oh totally and everyone's all young and beautiful and they <laughs> seem to like no i feel like the, the way that they're dancing i'm like i danced to britney spears and like it was a like hit 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 yeah. what is all this like i don't even know the, the way they're moving i don't understand it actually yeah. and i feel like i'm a good dancer i get it you teach me something i'll learn it and yeah. i feel like they're doing these moves that that they're, they're just very bizarre. And so I feel like now I'm old and I'm like, Oh, you know, the limited thinking, like, this isn't going to work for me. Vine uh-huh. worked for me. I was 23 at the time or something like that, maybe 24 or whatever. I'm not, you know, and then the pandemic happened. And it, even though I had so much judgment and resistance, once I moved that and just embraced it, I felt like it worked for me mm. because I just said, forget it. I'm just going to do 
what comes up and say yes to it again, like that spiritual thought of like, just say yes to life. I'm not going to, I didn't, again, I didn't think I would get a following. I just thought, um, it kind of reminded me of Vine. And I, I, at first I just started watching TikToks. I was like, Oh, this isn't just people lip syncing. This is people. There's like Mm -hmm. friends and there's jokes and there's DIYs and there's, um, home interior and notes about how to learn to do taxes and what to invest (laughs) in. And I was like, this is crazy. And so, yeah, I just started posting every day and had, it started being really, really fun. Oh, that, I mean, yeah, there's so much room for commentary, which I think is one of your strongest suits is being able to like see the trends and make some sort of commentary on them. I'm curious what your uh, like for you page looks like, because mine at the moment is just uh, the most hilarious stoners and then like moms in the Midwest just day drinking constantly. And I have no <laughs> idea how this has been cultivated for me. It's so entertaining. Uh, but it blows my mind every time. Yeah. My, it's so funny because it'll just give you more of what you watched. Even if you, what you watched was an accident and you yeah. see like two of the same video that are in this alignment, you're like, well, no, I didn't mean I liked it. I just <laughs> happened to see it. And now I'm watching it. And now it's giving me more of that. Mine are, yeah. One, I got into like, a coin trading Bitcoin. Oh, one, okay. It was like one day where I was just like, I looked at like what to invest in. Yeah. And then now that's, that's what I get is like, you're an idiot if you're not investing in <laughs> Ethereum. And I'm like, why am I watching this? This is, or, or, or what's the secret you should know that feels illegal to know or whatever. Like, <laughs> now, like, like all these like conspiracies are coming up. So they probably think I'm a conspiracy theorist for sure. They mm. think I, they think I love, um, those, that kid, Actually, you made fun of him, and so did I. The guy that's like uh, chapstick. <laughs> oh yeah, that <laughs> that kid. They probably think I love these little boys because that I well, I can't get enough of that kid because my mom has made fun of him because not him, but just the way that he talks. It's so much. It's so much. And I I just kept wanting to believe that he was doing a bit to get targeted for it. And uh, so it was hard to reconcile that it was like him being authentic, perhaps, uh, which, you know, videos, it's crazy acting involved at all. Uh, I'm also super fascinated. One, uh, you have a book called Funny How It Works Out that came out last year. Mm -hmm. And you've just been recording the audio book for it or yeah. you just finished recording the audiobook for it. You have this like you've said spiritual side to you that I think some people can't tell if it's sarcastic or not, but yeah. it seems sincere to me. It is. Yeah, it is sincere. I should have a character that does like fake motivational cuz I think that'd be funny. Um, but yeah, there's this I think some people know now that it's not a joke. Like <laughs> I, I have a video that went viral of me like literally looking at the camera and being like hey are you okay yeah checking in on you and like 20,000 comments people like I'm crying this helped me so much and I mean I mean that when I'm putting those videos out I mean that and I know that there are people like because they associate me with humor that they're expecting it to be a joke Mm -hmm. and that's been hard that's been hard because I've 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 kind of introduced the spiritual side and this health self-help side about about it maybe a little bit over a year ago where I was like yeah but I like comedy but I almost love this whole other way of looking at life and talking to ourselves kindly so much as well so how do I combine the two without people going is this a joke 
Yeah. I don't know. It's been hard. It's been an interesting, an interesting How, journey to do that. Has that always been part of your life, that spiritual side? Or has this kind of been cultivated uh, like recently? I started my spiritual path up about a year before Vine happened. I actually attribute okay. all the, the success there to my mental, my mentality shifting of like looking at life differently. I felt like I was able to say yes to life. And then it said yes to me, like the career kind of like took off. I, I really think here's what it is. I got certified in NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah. Study of the unconscious mind because mm-hmm. a person can know that they need to stop smoking, but they're still smoking. It's because it's in the unconscious mind. And so I became obsessed with the mind and what we tell ourselves. And, and I do, so I do tribute that like all the, the goodness that was happening with Vine to that moment. Wow. And then, yeah, started becoming like a spiritual junkie where I would just like every book that had, you know, Marianne Williamson and Tony Robbins and all these things and Louise Hay, I would listen to in my car, like, you know, cause I realized I had really self-destructive thinking. Oh, and that's it being in comedy. You feel like that's fuel. Yeah, I know that you have to, you have to be the butt of the joke or you have to find something wrong in a situation to make fun of it in some way. And so it's, yeah, I'm sure that's a hard thing to balance. Oh, totally. Because I flip flop all the time where I think something is hilarious and I see the funny in it. And then there's another side where I'm like, yeah, or it's not funny. And we really just need to hear you so that you can heal (laughs) two different people. It's bizarre. And I know that you can conflate the two and like, there's a guy, um, he's really political now, but for a long time, JP Sears would make fun of like the holistic way of thinking and, and, um, you know, make sure that you're gluten-free and blah, blah, blah. But mm. he really lives that way. He really uh-huh. is a spiritual guru kind of guy that treats himself like that, but he makes fun of himself like that. And so I do feel like a lot of my humor is just goofy. I don't necessarily feel like it's right? I'm trying to lean, lean away from being a bully because I don't... Yeah, it's I, not, I it just, doesn't come across mean-spirited at all. It does come across like silly, which is, yeah, that's my total MO is yeah, like finding things that are silly and ridiculous without putting things down necessarily. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, that's so I'm, I'm, I'm in grad school now studying like depth psychology and all that. So I'm like, so fascinated by like your whole, uh, appreciation of the unconscious and how fucking wild that place is for all of us and Mm -hmm. how truth telling it is for all of us. Um, okay. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, I have a billion more questions for you. So we'll be right back with more, not too deep. Hello listeners, Grace Helbig here, wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the app store, and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Well, I'm curious too, with your book, Funny How It Works Out, like how much of that, because you're talking about your personal life and I am curious about anyone that does like comedy online, how 
And if you find the balance between, you know, talking about your personal life, like revealing personal things versus keeping it funny, keeping it light, like, are you still trying to figure that out for yourself? Or was this book something that helped you do that? So I very much feel it's important to show both sides of the coin, especially Mm -hmm. on social media, because there is this wave of people just showing that one photograph of them in Italy and their amazing body and (laughs) the food that somehow they eat donuts, but they're so skinny. And it's just like, it's just bullshit. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I can't stand that. And I know how the harm it does for me. So I'm assuming it does harm on other people because we're not superhero, (laughs) you know, like we need to, be so kind and delicate because we we're not set up to just be so much intake of the yeah. of looking online at 1800 people's lives like mm. that's not what we're wired for Mm-mm. so i find it's just as important to share like my heart and the vulnerability as it is to share the humor because for a long time i thought humor was key that's all that matters that's the only thing that's like the highest tier level of what to share on social media and then bad stuff started happening in my life. And I thought I need to talk about it and share how it's affecting me and share my vulnerability. And through that, I found even a whole different way of connecting with people that were also going through that and said, thank you so much for, you know, sharing that I feel less alone in the world, or I had something like that happen to me as well. And Mm. I found a whole new, I thought, you know what, the whole point of social media for me is to connect with people. Whatever way that that happens is not up to me. And I I don't want to hide. I want to be as authentic as I can because then I, I don't know, I can sleep at night. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, it's so easy to get caught up in this like weird um, paradox that social media promotes being your authentic self, but it's cultivated completely and seemingly inauthentic <laughs> moments that people live. Uh, and like you, I want to see the right before that picture in Italy was taken and the right after that picture was taken. Like those to me are the real human moments that sandwich the one that's curated for other humans to see. Um, I'm curious, like what you mentioned a, a few people, but do you have um, like go to people or books that you listen to or recommend to other people or that you go back to? Yeah. What did I list? I like the, you are a badass. And then there's a, you are a badass with money. That was really Mm -hmm. helpful for me with my finances to kind of drop all the limiting beliefs around money Mm -hmm. to have money. Um, a return to love is a great one by Marianne Williamson the power of now, of course. I mean, that book, when I first read it blew my mind. Yeah. Cause it really, I feel like this is a theme. I've actually never said it this much in a podcast, uh, or in any interview, but that's what Eckhart Tolle says is if you can accept the present moment, just say yes to the present moment, then you're actually, life is just easier when you're not resisting. I can't like acceptance, just accepting the way that things are and not thinking that they should be different. A book I'm reading right now is by Byron Katie. It's called loving what is. And that book mm. is absolutely brilliant. She asked, she has you ask this, these four questions to that limiting belief Ooh. or that thought. And it just squashes it. Like even just like, so if I'm like, oh, I, I can't get 3 million followers again. Right. Cause that was a yeah. thought that I had for a long time. I was like, I'm never going to get that 3 million again. It's just too hard. It's too hard. Is that true? Like, that's a, qu- a great question. Is that true? Can you know it to be 100% true? Hmm. 
well, no, <laughs> who would you, who would you be without that thought? Uh, you know, like ask, like really like questioning yeah. thoughts because we listen to it as if it's accurate. We listen yeah. to our thoughts as if, yep, that's the truth. And it's like, what? No, we don't have to, don't believe everything you think. Yeah. There's, um, yeah, the thoughts are things and the, well, on top of that, you have manifestation, this account that I don't know if this is like a advertised thing that you talk about, but I found it so interesting that it's like a separate account that you have on Instagram that is talking about spiritual and, and self-help-esque stuff, but like in a very authentic way. Yeah. I started that when I moved to New York in 2017. That's when I was like, I have to start talking about spirituality. There's mm. this whole other part of me that I'm not sharing. And that's when I was like, I think it's important to keep it separate. Um, and then I had a life coach be like, what if you didn't keep it separate? What if you <laughs> and that's how they all sound, by the way. <laughs> they all have this low resonance to their voice. That's like, Oh God, you are guiding me in a direction. <laughs> You know, like you said the simplest thing and yet I'm like, oh my God, that's everything. <laughs> and so I do have that account and I do keep it strictly for like, so people know what they're getting, I guess. Mm -hmm. But since he said that to me, I was like, fine, I'll just share everything on Man and Matthews. It's fine. But because I didn't trust that people couldn't handle it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So strange. I was like trying to manage people's uh, intelligence level from over here. <laughs> well, you're also trying to protect them. It feels like you're trying to protect them too, because you get, um, so brainwashed is too strong of a word, but you get like, um, told the way that you should manage your social media in terms of like managing the audience and you want to protect that they're coming to you for a certain reason. And so how dare you in like, you know, shake up their anticipated laughter with something more serious. And, oh, so, yeah. and then you realize like, actually, it's way more valuable to just be a human being to these oh, other human beings. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad I have that other account. It's fun. Um, but then I feel like I'm not if I'm not sharing it, if I'm not sharing a vulnerable post on my main account, that I'm almost like, guaranteeing that it's not accessing as much people. And sometimes mm. I'll forget about why the reason I have social media in the first place, it's to connect with people. Like yeah. sometimes I'll focus and go on. I was talking about it this morning. I was, I sometimes, I sometimes I forget to be intentional when I go on the apps. So oh, I, it's, you know what I mean? You have to remind yourself. I mean, I'm hearing you say that going, I couldn't, I don't know if I have could point out the last time no, I was I truly go, intentional. This is what I do. I go, yeah. Oh, um, I guess I'm having my, I guess phone. Okay. Oh, look, yeah. all these people are doing these things. And then all of a sudden there's this little thing that's like, see, you're just not good enough. And I'm like, I told oh. you, I told you I wasn't good enough. <laughs> Again. Yeah. I knew before you could tell me that rather than, rather than, okay, who can I serve and how can I best serve the people that follow me? Cause this is about them. Mm. I mean, sometimes I do and then it works out and then that's how you get rewarded with like the, the likes and the follows and all that, that stuff. I feel like when I'm intentional like that, it works out 10 times better than me unconsciously kind of scrolling and then yeah. posting because I feel like I should post. What is that? Why? I'm, I'm, this is all stuff that I'm going to stew in my brain and have a really great day with later. I can't thank you enough for all of this information. Um, we are going to get a little bit lighter in this conversation um, because I would like to ask you the two questions that I ask every single guest that is on Not Too Deep. Um, 
And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. I mean, Hitler? I don't know how many people have said that. Um, a few people have said that. The other thing with it, though, I will give you this option in terms of talking through like intention and all of that, that you can. I mean, choose... yeah, he might not react. He might just go. Yeah. And you can also choose this as like a celebratory positive thing if you want it to. It's truly up to, you know, how you decide it. Yeah. Uh, man. Uh... You can also let this marinate. We can come back to it if you need to think about it. Later. <laughs> okay, I'll ask you this question then. The other question I ask every single guest is to tell us um, your worst pants shitting story or like a bathroom emergency situation, but you can only use three words or um, small phrases to describe the event. Um, so mine, for example, is college jogging front lawn. Yeah. Picture day. (laughs) Classroom. (laughs) White tights. (laughs) No. Oh, no. Hopefully uh, the picture was only from the waist up that day. Yeah. And then the other kids had to clean it up. Which oh. was strange. So weird. Well. Why'd she make them do that? <laughs> I'm glad you changed schools at some point then. <laughs> it was fifth grade, so like. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, that's a uh, I won't ask you any follow up questions on it, but that sounds like a very um, quite a situation. Uh, (laughs) So now we have a section called deep and hot where I ask you a deep question, even though we've been getting kind of deep already um, and then ask for your hot take on something. Um, So let's go for our deep question first. Do you ever feel pressured by the idea that there might be a day when people don't find you funny anymore? No, no, I was thought I thought it would be yes, but for some reason, I guess the answer is no. That's great. Yeah. Well, I also th- I wonder if that comes to with just like the foundation you have of like being a whole human being and not being, you know, so um, dictated by only comedy. Yeah, no, I don't worry about that. I have other worries I could tell you about. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here's a... What matters to me is that I think I'm funny. I think that matters to me more than other people think I'm funny. Snap, 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 snap. Okay. I would love your hot take on this since we've been talking about, um, you know, self-help and, you know, caring about ourselves. Is there such a thing as too much self-help? Do you think? Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've had people tell me, I had one woman who was an active coach. She said, stop reading self-help books and re- get lost in a story. It's too much. And I was like, you're right. It is too much. Yeah. There's a, yeah. Because you have to have fun where this is life. Like you don't need, 
I feel like I've gone in a place where I'm just like, I got too obsessed with it. And then it became kind of rigid. And mm. then everything was an opportunity for spiritual growth. And it's like, well, what about just fun and letting go and, and finding the beauty and mess up and like being messy? Yeah. Uh, I fully agree with that. I think that um, self-help is almost addictive in a way that you can be um, almost obsessed with finding the best version of yourself. <laughs> and you're like, maybe I'm there. And there's no room. There's no room to like mess up. And then also like, Ollie, I used to get so high and mighty and be like, oh, I'm just better than everyone. Like I just know more than all of you. And like, that's not fun. That's the worst. No one wants to be around that. Yeah, that's uh, that's very intimidating to hang you out with. Help. You all just need so much help. Like you, I can point out where you're all just not okay, but I'm here alone thinking that I'm just part of this. Like, Come be your real self around me. Don't worry. I won't analyze a second of it. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Then separately of that, what do you, what's your genre of like TV? What do you watch? What are you like obsessed with? Oh, everything. So I'll, I'll watch something from like Ozark to Brooklyn Nine-Nine to Sex Life to Too Hot to Handle. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. I like all the weird, I like reality TV show, like The Hills <sighs> and The Bachelorette to like oh, really yeah. serious. What are you, um, what are you currently watching? Sex Life, yeah. What is that? What? I don't know what that is. I know this is, I've been in a bubble. I'm okay. writing it down, sex life, which I don't know if I'll understand what that note is for myself later. <laughs> get, a, get a better sex life. Yeah. Um, it's a Netflix series. It's about a woman who's married with kids and her husband's really hot and just a great man, but she keeps fantasizing about that guy that she dated and they were like crazy about each other sexually in every which way eight years ago. And she, she writes about it and her husband finds it. And it's just, it's really intense. It's like, you know, some people have been saying it's like female porn. Yeah. Yeah. It's very sexual. Okay. Um, I think it's, I, I like it. Okay. I, Melissa it's just messaged it's based on a true story. <laughs> well, shit. All right. Uh, I've been watching too much reality TV, so may as well watch a scripted show based on a real <laughs> story. Yeah. And then before that, I was watching Too Hot to Handle, which was just, I don't know if you saw that, but... I have not. I love all reality television. I have not gotten into Too Hot to Handle. That's the one where they're not allowed to have sex with each other. Yeah. And it's just so yeah. damn hard. It's just it's too <laughs> hard. It's just too hard. They're, it's like $10,000, $100,000. But I really need to just make out with this guy. Like, I'm just so horny. Like, I just can't keep it. I'm just so hot. I'm, they're just all obsessed with how hot they are, yeah. which I find so fascinating. I'm yeah. like, wow, people on the planet that have no issue with just leading with their sexuality. I'm, I envy it. I yeah, wish I no, same. That's the kind of stuff that I want to watch because it's so outside of how I operate in my body and my being in the world that I'm like, people that just have such brazen sexual confidence is like, I love watching it. And they're all wearing thongs. <laughs> all their butts and boob, like the tip is just coming out. And they yeah. so they're like, this is great. And I'm like, <laughs> I you couldn't, I would... You couldn't pay me to wear that in public, <laughs> let alone on camera in front of, I, unless I'm joking, I'd have to be pay, playing a character because right, I right, can't right. actually own that. That's like not my comfort zone at all. No, same. 
Yeah, look at us. Look at the way we're both dressed today. We can't look like a schoolgirl. Get me on that show. I look like I'm wearing my brother's clothes today. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I there has been part of me that really wants to indulge and watch some of that, but you know, the worry is that all of a sudden I'm ten hours later and I'm still watching it. Uh, we're gonna take one last break. Uh, when we get back, we have some questions sent in from listeners that uh, need some advice. So we'll be right back with more. Not too deep. Okay, Madden, I have a question here, um, that needs some advice, uh, that I think you might have a really great take on. Um, so a listener and viewer has written in saying, I would like to know how to handle, uh, or master the subtle art of demanding the respect I deserve as a woman while also being chill in a social setting with guys that are friends or friends of friends. Uh, and we might not be that close. Is it even possible to achieve that, uh, at the same time? Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Uh, I think it's. Well, which one, which one's important? So oftentimes we think setting boundaries has to be like harsh and, and really intense. At least that's what I thought is like, if I have to say no to someone, it's going to have to hurt them and me and be difficult yeah. rather than, you know, if someone says, Hey, can, um, I borrow this thing or can I come over here? There's a way to be like, no, <laughs> just like, no. Yeah, I, I hear you. And no, that doesn't work for me anyway. I know you're going to figure out what's best for you. I trust that you have such amazing judgment. Like there's a way to be so graceful and in, in setting boundaries. I think that can come across as like chill yeah. rather than this kind of harsh of like, no, I'm standing up for myself. You know, it's like, well, are you like that? You feel, but it, it can come out like that. Maybe the first few times you do it, cause your body doesn't know and have right. your nervous system has no reference to hold firm boundaries. Um, but as far as like being chill with guys in a group, I don't know that I grew up around my dad's friends. So that comes naturally to me. I'm more comfortable with a group of dudes than I am in a group of women. In fact, because you know, I got made fun of by group of women and I've had to unwire that they are safe to be around. <laughs> yeah, the same, same. I grew up with all brothers. So like being around boys is so much, uh, I guess more natural ish for me. Um, and so, but I, I can understand that like it's overwhelming, um, that energy and you can feel like you're being disrespected or not taken seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what I would be curious about the person asking is like, what group of guys is this? Is this a group of guys that you've been around before? Are any of them that you like romantically? Or is it? Right. And how are they treating you? You know, like, for some reason, I, I don't see men when I'm hanging the guys that I'm hanging around, I don't visualize them. I don't see, see them as disrespecting me. Yeah, uh, same. The people that I hang out with are usually, you know, all on the same page of respect that I because I, you know, I really like to treat people the way I want to be treated and hope that, you know, that boomerang comes back around from other people. The I think to if I am ever in like a situation that might be a little like socially overwhelming, and I feel like I'm being myself, but it's not being, you know, received in a certain way. I look for like an anchor person, like a person that I really know, like gets me and that I can feel my most like 
comfortable around and realize like, I don't know, sometimes some people in situations, you're never going to win them over in a capacity that you might want. So it might be a waste of time to try. And then focusing your energy on the people that you can kind of, you know, understand emotionally get you or make you feel comfortable and focusing there. Um, It's easier said now than done in the situation itself when it's happening. Yeah. And if all else fails, you can always go into a situation asking, how can I help? And then just Mm. be the listener. People love to listen. Yeah. Also, I find too, that when you start asking other people questions about themselves, suddenly it's a totally different social dynamic that people love talking about themselves. And also people like feeling like they're seen by other people. So sometimes if you're feeling like you're not seen, try to see someone else and see what happens. Perfect. Um, Man, and we're getting towards the end of the podcast, but I want to know what 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 else are you working on? What's going on? What's happening? You have the audiobook version of your book that's come out. Uh, what else is going on? Yeah, that's important. And just to clarify, you know, I talk a lot about addiction in the book. I talk about mm-hmm. social fame, my upbringing. I talk about how I got married, and then I talk about how that came to crash and burn, and you know. And how I got through it, basically. You know, oftentimes we generalize, you know, if something bad happens, let's say you get screwed over by a dude, then all of a sudden people will generalize and go, all dudes are bad. Rather Mm -hmm. than looking at that one experience and going, how can I grow from this? And also, where am I taking it personally? As if this person's, you know, hurt people, hurt people. It's not something that necessarily like, it's not because I'm not good enough that he behaved that way. So I Mm -hmm. feel like it's really important to just share, share your truth and your vulnerability with the world because you just never know the people that have gone through that. And so I talk a lot about it and this kind of subject on my podcast. I have a podcast called serious, but funny. We're gearing up for a second season. Um, what else am I working on? I think you, I mean, I'm still creating content, um, writing, uh, directing shorts and commercials, um, you know, just hanging out just one day at a time, just trying to get to that higher power, you know, trying to, what does the universe want? (laughs) And I'll show up. I feel like you, I mean, is there anything in your zeitgeist of like doing like workshops or anything like that? Like, I feel like this is totally in alignment with, you know, the book and just like the sensibility that you have about be coming from a place of humor and also sincere sincerity at the same time. That's the amount of times I've sat and curated a week long workshop where I take people through yes, humor, but I do breath work and NLP and and people getting in groups and how to learn to hold space. Cause like that, I totally want to do that where I hold a I wanted to do it in person, but then the thing happened. I was like, well, maybe yeah. there's a way to do it online where, but I just feel like I'm so interactive that I feel like I want to wait, but I definitely see that as, is doing, you know, speaking and continuing to cause healing and create. Yeah. People can. I just feel, I mean, it just feels like there is a necessity for it, especially coming from someone that is extremely wise and also is able to laugh at certain things and like be able to utilize that perspective in a, 
healing and helpful way rather than like a belittling or, you know, whatever bullying sense that people see comedy in sometimes. Um, well, I'm excited for anything and everything that you're getting into. Um, before you go, we like to give our guests a little personalized horoscope that we have created um, for them that Melissa, I think, is going to put in the chat for you. And if you're able to read that aloud, that would be wonderful. Dear Libra, scales of the stars, the full moon in Aquarius will encourage you to get up and have some fun trying something new and off the beaten path. Don't be afraid to gamble, but like attitude wise, don't put down your savings on a roulette table, but maybe try crypto. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, your for you page has all the information. There. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, Man, and this has been so fun. Where can people find you all across the internet if they don't already know? Yeah, usually it's just uh, at Man and Matthews, M A N O N M A T H E W S, on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the book, the audiobook, Serious But Funny. And that's all, folks. I love it. Guys, go check out everything she's up to. Um, and uh, apologies in advance if you happen to get healed by doing so. Uh, thank you again, man. And this was really wonderful. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs>